Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Monday, March 6, 2023. The weather today will be a high of minus 14 degrees in Edmonton, minus 10 degrees in Calgary, minus 15 degrees in Saskatoon, and 2 degrees in Toronto. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join the live show. Bring your questions. Get them answered. Take some action today. Build your portfolios. Live a happy and fulfilled life. Uh, or maybe like do that whole Scrooge McDonald. <laughs> whatever, whatever fulfills you. <laughs> if what fulfills you is is filling your your indoor pool full of gold and silver and diving into it and doing your little Scrooge McDuck routine, then then get your questions answered today so that, that, that'll, that'll get you towards that sooner. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you know, uh, Scrooge, if, if I could quote the great Scrooge McDuck, um, the best way to get rich is through real estate. Okay. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm having a good Monday. Having, did you hear that? Did you hear that? That's my delicious coffee. How's your coffee this morning, Gabby? Mine's great. That's good. Thank That's you. Good. How's everybody else's coffee going? <laughs> we'll I, wait. They, we'll wait. They can't. They we can't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness gracious! Uh, we had a we had a terrific weekend um, this 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 past weekend. We certainly did. Yeah, uh, we went to Calgary. Had our uh, REI Masters networking meetup mm-hmm. over in uh, downtown Calgary, and had about what do you say about thirty thirty ish thirty five yep. people show up event, and you know what? It was thirty five. Like most most of the people there were were new people. Yeah. And the same thing happened last time. Yeah. It's so weird. We never know how many people are going to show up because like the previous time we were expecting around like 70 and we got around 50 and there was like a whole heck of a lot of new people that we, that don't really normally come out. Yeah. Or we'd never seen them before. And then this time was pretty much like 20, 25 new people as well. So it's great. It's good to see the, um, the Calgary investor community coming out and, and, um, uh, to the events and I don't know I just uh, maybe I'm wrong maybe I call me an outsider but I just I don't see the same community level of community in in Calgary maybe I'm just I don't know maybe just not at our events but I don't know like Edmonton's phenomenal and I, and I like to see the Calgary community growing and, and more people showing up to events and networking and stuff so yeah. I'm really happy to see that definitely and it was really great to connect with some uh, some people that we haven't met before met uh, met Jagger met Jagger yeah. and Holy yeah. That was great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you get to meet them? 
I did. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's good. Um, so that was our Calgary uh, networking event. And then uh, this Saturday, we got our Edmonton networking event. Super which, excited for that. Which um, tickets are still available for that. Actually, I haven't checked in a little while. Uh, more people are going to be coming to Edmonton. That's for sure. If you are interested in coming out to the REM Masters networking event, um, head to Eventbrite, look up REM Masters, or there's so many other ways that you can find the link for that to, to get it to, to register on Eventbrite. Ask a friend. Ask a friend. Uh, dial a friend. You can um, uh, go to the REM Masters Facebook page. It's pinned right at the top there. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. You can email us, info at remmorningshow.com. What else? <laughs> heck you know what you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it one step further you can you can you can text me you can text me at uh 587-400-0721 text me and be like hey i don't know how to work this whole internet thing i don't have any friends i don't have any friends i hate facebook screw mark zuckerberg can you please send me the link for the event right so i register for this amazing event on saturday <laughs> and I'll text it to you. Not a problem. Um, <clears throat> Have you told everybody who's going to be there? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded like this is a setup. Have you told everyone about the amazing person who's coming? <laughs> uh, I think I have. Uh, Keaton Kirkwood's going to be our guest speaker at this event. I'm um, going to be talking about how to uh, how to finance your real estate deals. So... Uh, how many of you guys know what uh, TDS is? How many of you guys know what DCR is? No, it's DCR, not DCI. Um, DCR. How many of you guys uh, know how the the, the different policies um, and products that are uh, for each individual mortgage lender? Well, I know a few of those, but like for the most part, like it's 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 confusing and it's hard to keep up with. So. Um, that's why it's important to have a really good, smart, professional, investor-focused mortgage broker on your power team. And uh, Keaton's freaking amazing. And he's, you, you watch his content eh, on YouTube and, and Facebook and Instagram. He puts out really amazing content. Um, and uh, he's going to he's gonna blow your, <laughs> your minds. Let me blow your mind. <laughs> With all that mortgage stuff. I, I tried. I tried for many years trying to figure this shit out. And it's always ever-changing. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah. Rules one day are totally different the next day. Yep. You can't keep up with it. So it's better to to find a good, competent, investor-focused mortgage broker and have them on your team and then just let them know what your plans are. Or plans, plans are. <laughs> um I don't know what your plans are, what your what your roadmap looks like, what you're planning on doing in the long term, and let them help you choose the right mortgage products to make sure you get there. Because if you go to TD Canada Trust, because they have the lowest interest rate, I'm just saying, they probably don't. Um, if you go to TD and you're like, oh, they got the lowest interest rate, they gave me the best rate. Well, it might not be the best move for you because you might find out after three or four mortgages of TD that you can't get any more mortgages after that because... Of just the way that the policies work for all of the other lenders, because the other lenders say that you can't have more than four mortgages, or you know, or it, it yeah. Gabby's like, just tone it down. Let him <laughs> let him do the yeah. presentation on Saturday. 
Okay. <laughs> but anyways, it's it's complicated, and that's why it's going to be amazing to get there. And and for the love of goodness, bring lots of questions. Don't be shy. Calgary was a little shy at first. Had to get Calgary warmed up a little. <laughs> and then eventually they had a ton of questions. But there's nothing worse than being like, okay, Q&A time. And it's like crickets. <laughs> Do I have my cricket sound effect? No, nah, I don't. Who else is coming, Wayne? Uh, we've also got Calvin Hexter coming as well. He's going to be doing uh, a market update for Edmonton. So if you're curious what's going on with the Edmonton real estate market, he's going to fill you, uh, fill you in. Talk about all that nerdy stat stuff. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like it's 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 good. It's good information because I'm trying to keep my finger on the pulse right now. What's going on with the yep. market? We're watching. We're watching very closely because spring is 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 upon us. It is. Yeah. Market shifting. Definitely right now. And I've been hearing some rumors about multiple offers in in many different scenarios and many different um, types of transactions in Edmonton. And uh, that's you know it's an indicator of what's going on. I don't know what it's indicating yet, but that's why I'm keeping my finger on the pulse. And that's mm-hmm. why I want to know how many how many listings are on the market. How many listings are selling? What kind of multiple offers are we seeing? Average days on market. Average days on market. Yeah. That kind of that kind of stuff. Because that's going to help you make your decisions. Now, I think by the time you start seeing it, it's probably too late in most cases. But still, it's better better late than never. Yeah. Right? I think it's nice and safe to watch uh, as soon as the indicators start to then kind of jump in rather than to speculate. And uh, it's a little more risky, right? Mm-hmm. Won't always work out in your favor. So yeah. I like it. Watch, yeah. see what's happening. Keep your finger on the pulse. And, um, you know, maybe the prices have started already started going up and you missed getting in on the low low. But at least you waited until the indicators said, hey, this is looking good. Let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Is it a good time to sell my property this uh, spring? Is it a good time to buy this spring? Should I buy now before, you know, the demand starts mm-hmm. kicking up a bit? That's it. That's, that's going to be the interesting thing is that you know it's been it's been a buyer's market for for quite some time now, mm-hmm. and there hasn't been many buyers. Yeah, it's been Everyone, all the buyers have been scared. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what spring looks like. Will it be crazy like last spring or will it be the same? And, you know, obviously there's going to be some updates um, tomorrow um, from the Bank of Canada on the interest rates. Um, so that'll also give us, um, I'm sure Keaton will want to talk about that on Saturday as well. Absolutely. So yeah. this it's, what does it mean, whether it does go up, whether it doesn't go up? Um, how's that? And then Calvin, obviously, how's that going to affect the market? It's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be a really good uh, event. Um, I just, sorry, I just wanted to also add that, like, um, you know, we've been talking like, um, oh, in real estate, it's always like, oh, is it, is it the early spring market? Is, you know, what's the spring market going to do? Spring, spring, spring. But did you guys know that spring is actually like two weeks away? Is it? I think it's like 15 days. So the first day of spring is uh, March 20th. That's the equinox. And like, I can't believe that. Spring is here. I took the garbage so out last night thinking it was almost spring. And it oh, no, was, it's freaking it was freaking cold. <laughs> I don't know why you let me go out in shorts. Yeah. Everly and I walked her friend home last night and we were both like, thought we had frostbite on our cheeks. <laughs> yeah. She came upstairs. She's like, uh, dad, do you, can you help me? Do you know how to fix frostbite on your cheeks? <laughs> like, you don't have frostbite, kid. Just go grab a towel and put it on your cheeks. Yeah. Um, so who else is coming? 
We have Barry one. McGuire. Yeah, and what's he doing? Okay. Oh, Gab's excited. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Okay. So, Barry McGuire is bringing back Tales from the Trenches. Barry hasn't done live Tales from the Trenches in years. And and, and if you guys have listened to the show for a long time or heard my story, um, back, back, back in the day when there was no Facebook groups or education or free podcasts in the morning to answer your questions, um, there was like two podcasts there was bigger pockets which is american and it was completely irrelevant and there was tales from the trenches and i downloaded all of those tales from the trenches onto a thumb drive and i played them on my laptop while i was at work and they'd be about like five to ten minute little snippets of like tales from investors that you know like investor stories that came across the desk of you know veteran real estate lawyer barry mcguire and barry's got some crazy freaking stories yeah he does and that was my education when i was getting started of like how to avoid what all not of, to do <laughs> what not to do yeah and um i loved it i absolutely loved it it used to be um he, he still does it from time to time you know on his monday night uh, monday um, facebook lives from time to time, but you know, to, to, to you, you don't really know how amazing and fun it was to go to live events and then Barry would do his tales from the trenches. Mm -hmm. It was just always everyone's favorite. So we're so happy to have uh, um, Barry come out to our events and it's going to be a regular thing every month. Yeah, so at our, at our monthly events in Edmonton, he's going to come out and do his tales from the trenches. So you're definitely going to want to be there for that as well. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a super cool event. I'm excited for it. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, Barry's going to invest on the show tomorrow, too. Did I tell you? No, you didn't tell me. So Barry's actually coming onto the show. Well, I probably just ruined the big surprise for him. But I want, but, well, Gabby was just so excited, you know. Um, Barry's going to be coming on the show tomorrow to talk about uh, wholesaling and, and, and the basics of what is wholesaling for those of you that, that kind of understand, you know, okay, I get it, but like, can you just explain it? And, and Barry does a really good job from as an educator and also from the perspective or position of a, of a real estate lawyer. Right. And, uh, and what it means. So, uh, obviously I'm, I'm assuming you guys are going to tune in tomorrow, but you know, if you weren't definitely do. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so relatively quiet in the comments today. I, there's a couple things that I, I we got lots of leftover questions from last week and I've kind of figured out how I want to, how I want to go about doing this, what I want to answer today. And, um, and a few things I want to answer a little bit later in the week. Um, it's going to take a little more time. Uh, like for example, uh, who was asking about it? Oh, Kyle was asking about the underused housing tax mm -hmm. and, uh, I made a plan to, to discuss that on Thursday. Um, cause we got Barry coming on the show tomorrow and then we got Randall Weiss from DCI coming on Wednesday. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so Thursday would be a perfect day to talk about underused housing tax. And I, I it's, it's going to take up a good chunk of, of an episode, if not the whole episode. So I want to make sure that it gets properly that you guys know, you know, does it affect me? Will it affect me in the future? Sounds good. Um, and what are the consequences, consequences of ignoring it? Yeah, don't um, ignore it. But uh, after this, uh, the short little break, I want to talk to Jeff. <laughs> Are you there, Jeff? <laughs> we don't have to talk, talk to you, Jeff. But, um, you know, I said, as is tradition on Friday, you know, normally we, we, we tell everyone.
you know, pull up your socks, smarten it up and, and, and do something this weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, it was a very like cryptic message. And to be honest, he could have been answering something else completely different, but what he, after I said that, and I said, I'm going to come back on Monday. If you guys are looking for an accountability partner, type it in the comments and I will hold you accountable on Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeff said, I'm doing it this weekend. Thanks, Wiener. Accountability. Okay. Very cryptic. And I don't know, maybe maybe he just put those words and, and, he, and he took them out of order so that I had to solve the riddle. I don't really know, but I'm assuming you wanted to be held accountable to something and that you were going to do something this weekend. And I'm, je- and I'm curious, what was it? Okay. All right. So after the break, I want to get into that. Oh, please, here. I saw him here. You saw him here? Yeah. Great. Okay, we'll be right back. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash-flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash albertabuyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. New to real estate? Stuck? Maybe you need quick cash. Wholesaling. It's a strategy that can fit almost any investor, but it has to be done right. Hi, I'm real estate lawyer Barry McGuire, and I'm here to help. Join me in Calgary on March 18th for a full day deep dive into wholesaling. Space is limited, so reach out to Wayne and Gabby right away for their special offer. And we are back. And that special offer he was talking about is uh, 30% off for that wholesaling workshop on March 18th in Calgary. Um, use coupon code REI Masters. Dot com. Just kidding. Not dot com. It's hard. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just REI Masters. Okay. Goodness gracious. Okay. Um, Jeff, all he said in the comments was, yep. yep. <laughs> Man, you're making this real hard. What'd you do? Okay. He wants to call in. All right. Let's do it. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Good. How are you, Good. Jeff? I'm doing excellent. Well, thank you for the call to action, Wayne. Uh, yeah, I've just been putting off some some big things that I've needed to make a decision on and put to bed so I can move forward on them. So, yeah, that was my own personal call to action this weekend was to um, kind of finalize some things and then uh, make some calls to get in order to buy my next property. That's nice. awesome. And Congrats. I did that. Yay. Nice job. So yeah, that's, I did it. I did it. But you know, it's only, when I say I did it, it's only half done. Now it's actually to go out there this week and start looking at properties and make time for that. Beautiful. Hey, you know what? Like uh, a big portion of it sometimes is just making the decision, right? And if you respect decisions and what they are and that they are final, 
then 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 you're on the right track. I think that's amazing. I sometimes you kind of get stuck. I think the things that we 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 get stuck on and we 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 sit with for the longest is making the decision about like what direction we're going to go. So you made it. You chose a path and you're going to do it. Now obviously, you know, you have to continue to make more decisions after this, micro decisions, but you took care of the macro and and that's very important. So that's great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And if you need any help with like, you know, um uh, in, in regards to choosing the property or rents or anything along those lines, feel free to ask questions. We're we're here to help. That's uh, it's our jam. I definitely will be here. You guys will be along for the ride. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> thanks for calling in, Jeff. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You as well. I know. Well, that's amazing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now you guys get to follow along. And if he doesn't buy a property, you just keep coming into the live show and be like, hey, Jeff, where's that Where's that property? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I meant it. It's, it's honestly, it's the, sometimes making the decisions is the, is the, is the hardest part mm-hmm. about like, how many people do you know right now that are stuck because they just can't, I just don't know what to do. Or I, just, I don't know which is going to be best. Flip yeah. a coin. Yeah. Move forward. Choose a path. It's better to to keep moving than than to just sit idly, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, what else we got going on in the comments today? We got nothing. Do you have anyone joining us today? <laughs> yeah, we got lots of people joining us. Um, I see Ken's here drinking. Is someone drinking green tea? Is that what he's talking about? Yeah. You asked how everybody's coffee was. Ken's drinking green tea. Is that what he's saying, yeah. or someone else is? No, he is. Oh, God. Justin's got the French press out this morning. <laughs> Must be nice. Justin's here. Good morning. Good morning to Sean. Sean was saying earlier that um, I think he was saying that a, a multiple offers, a uh, neighbor put their house up for sale on Friday, had three offers sold on Saturday, listed above market value, in my opinion. So mm, that's, that's uh, in, in Edmonton? Uh, yes, uh, or Edmonton area. Uh, I, nice. I want to say Fort Sask, but Very cool. yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's, 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 I, I, I'm hearing that and that's, that's the rumors that I'm hearing, but you know, what does that mean? Has it changed the market yet? You know, all it yeah. takes is, we've said this many times, all it takes is one headline, Yeah, one headline. And then suddenly you start seeing the, um, the market shifting because people saw that headline and they start either panicking or running for the opportunity, right? Whether it be panicking or, you know, desperation or panicking out of excitement, Mm -hmm. something normally changes. So, and and the news isn't always far behind, you know, these, 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 these rumors or these, um, these trends. So I'm interested. We'll, we'll trust me. We'll see it because if, if the investor community loves to share, news headlines <laughs> to to motivate and inspire their joint venture prospects to invest here um smart yeah it is very smart it is very smart so that's uh, where i get my news is that where you get your news <laughs> oh boy okay awesome and was there any that i didn't name everybody who's here on the show today because just it's just too hard to get to now but um uh nat's got a question do you want to do you want to Grab that real fast. Just right at the end here now, right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Nat says, I wanted to ask on Saturday, 
when going to a private lender, they pull your credit and the lender is like, actually, you oh, and the lender is like, actually, you should go see a broker. Uh, will the broker then pull your credit again? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Indeed, they will. Yeah. Um, if you're doing a pre-approval, they will. Yeah, I think that um, I think in this situation, usually a conversation with a broker and with a private lender um, f firsthand and like just giving them your information without like completing the application process, they should be able to give you a pretty good indicator of whether this is good for you or right for you or that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so you should be able to figure that out before they get to the credit pulling stage, especially well, like you, you should keep an eye on your credit and know generally where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're your, your mortgage broker, ask for pre, um, pre-qualification as a pre, as opposed to a pre-approval. Um, because if you're not ready to buy in the next three months, don't do a pre-approval. Because the pre-approval is, is they're going to get you pre-approved with a mortgage lender. So brokers have access to um, tons of different lenders, you know, your big banks and Manulife and all those others. And and what's, what's the other ones? Uh, First Nationals and all those. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Um, what they're going to do is they're going to choose the one that's right for you. And then they're going to send in an application for a pre-approval, which is normally good for 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, then, then you can go out shop and, and when you find a property, you take that deal to them and then they've already kind of pre-approved you. They pulled your, your credit already. And then it's just a matter of just checking the property to make sure it fits from what you've been kind of pre-approved for. Um, now, if you're not planning on buying in the next 90 days and you're just planning on having a conversation with your mortgage broker to find out, you know, will I generally speaking, be able to get a mortgage and how much for ask for a pre-qualification. And that's just run your TDSs and your all your other debt service and ratios and yada, yada, yada. Um, and they'll say, generally speaking, we, you should be able to get a property for this much money as long as, you know, it's got decent rents and as long as you pay uh, $10,000 off your credit card, right? And then you can move forward and start looking for properties. And then when you do finally find a property and you get a conditional offer accepted, um, then go get your pre-approval. You know what I mean? And then, so you only get one hit on your on your credit report or a hard hit, right? Um, so yeah, ask for a pre-qualification, not a pre-approval. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and she also followed up with, um, sorry, uh, Keaton shared that they will start building a file. Would he share that file with Calvert if he suggested that that's the way to go or will I have to resubmit everything again? <clears throat> Um, it depends. Can I jump in here? Well, get, Calvert's file is completely different. I was, and, that's what I was going to say. And to be completely honest, and I, and I know he's going to say this. So I was, I was, I, I wanted to wait for Keaton to say it, but I know he would say this. So I'll tell you, go to Calvert yourself. Um, and I'm going to say this across the board, doesn't matter what mortgage broker you have. Mortgage brokers um, charge you a fee for putting in the application Calvert, for example, or to private lenders. And sometimes that fee can actually be quite a bit. And in a lot of cases, unless you just like are really intimidated by filling out an application, let's let's use Calvert as an example and stick with that. Um, 
then then ask your mortgage broker to help you out. But just know you're going to be paying a couple thousand dollars for that. So it's much better for you to go and contact a private lender or Calvert directly and do it yourself than to have to um, pay a broker to fill out the application for you. The process, Gabby, is pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty simple. They make it pretty easy. Um, And so the way that mortgage brokers get paid is when they get you pre- when they get you approved for a mortgage and that mortgage is executed, the mortgage lender pays the broker. Yeah. And in this case, with a private lender, Calvert isn't paying um, a mortgage broker for their for their private mortgages. So if they're cre- if the broker is creating a file for you and getting you approved, they're going to want compensation from you since the lender isn't paying. Yeah, it really depends on their agreement with brokers and how they go about doing it. I don't know if they're paying, but from my understanding, and I'm, I'm not a mortgage broker, so I don't I don't know exactly what's going on, but from my understanding is some are paying and some are not, and some are, the fees are, are due by the borrower. Yeah. Um, now, what they might do is they might add the fee in your mortgage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes the, like they'll I, I, I don't know exactly how Calvert's doing it because we've always dealt with Calvert individ- like personally. Um, but perhaps if there is a fee, then they would just tack it onto your mortgage, um, which is great, but it is, it's going to be a couple thousand bucks. So, so just, trying to save you, just trying to save you guys thousands. That's yeah. all I'm doing here. So here's a pro tip for anybody who is looking to get any sort of uh, mortgage approval, whether it be private or whether it be through your broker, through traditional uh, mortgage lenders. When you start going through that process, you're going to notice that um, any, like, you know, if you go and meet with a couple different brokers to kind of feel them out and they start kind of a file for you and then you maybe go and see Calvert directly and see if they're able to help you with um, something, they're all going to be asking for pretty much the same information, but they're going to be asking in a different way and their forms are going to look a little different Mm -hmm. and they're going to want, they're going to want it in their format because that's how they build their files. Mm-hmm. So when you have to start pulling your T1 generals and your um, annual mortgage statement on your home and your statements for any rental properties that you currently have and all these different things, start saving them in a central folder so that you have all those documents already saved. Um, even create like if you want to create like a spreadsheet that has like all of the information that they want and put it into their little form Mm -hmm. um, regarding like your, you know, um, I don't know, just like all of the questions that they ask you, like if so, you know, if you do have an existing rent portfolio, save like the address, the um, current mortgage lender, the current mortgage statement statement like all of those different things like save them all together so that when you're going from broker to broker or to the different private lender or whoever it is you don't need to be looking for pulling all that information from all these different files save it in a mortgage approval file Mm -hmm. folder file in your cloud um, so that it's just easy to pull. Yep. So that way, you know, like your initial question is like, do do they need to, will they share it or do you need to start over and, um, you know, resubmit everything? Well, generally the, the answer is going to be you have to resubmit everything, mm-hmm. but at least you've done the the groundwork. And then yearly you can go in and remove the old mortgage statements, the annual mortgage statements from last year, and then put the new one. Remove the old T1 general and put in the new one. Mm-hmm. So as those fold as those 
files arrive in the new year, your new ta uh, property tax statements and all those types of things, you can just replace them. But you have your your centralized folder. So mm -hmm. that's my that's how I stayed sane when you know we were getting tons of mortgages, and um, it is the worst process in investing in real estate getting mortgage approval is like the worst and it's, pulling all those documents and yeah it's just like so that's one way to stay sane in that process when when they tell you that like uh when you hear like the jokes about like oh yeah i gotta give them my firstborn or like i have to name my second born after mcap or whatever <laughs> i have to call it. <laughs> it's a great kid's name yeah um <laughs> You know, they're not joking. <laughs> no. I had somebody tell me um, in one of my mastermind groups that a mortgage company had asked for their children's passports to prove that, like, like what? that they had kids and that they were citizens and, like, all this, like, stuff. Like, it was bizarre. I had never heard that one before. Yeah. Just wow. wild. Wild. <sighs> Yeah, it's uh, each yeah, each lender's just got their own thing, and each deal is is yeah, it's it's hard. And and as you get, you know, maybe maybe I, there's probably someone here like, oh, I I went and did it, and it was super simple. I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe for your first or your second rental property and and your home, your primary residence. And when you don't have like a a significant portfolio that you need to provide all that information on every single property, what the rents are, what the, like everything. Yeah. Well, what I was getting to is like your third, fourth, fifth rental properties when you start seeing the issues because you you went to TD Canada Trust on your first two because it was easy and there was nice low interest rates. But now you're starting to like, you're, you know, you're creeping around that total debt servicing, you know, ratio or percentage where it's like, you know, your, your borderline not going to get approved. And Maybe you just bought that new truck or that new car and, you know, the broker's like, yeah, I can probably get this pushed through for you. But, and then, so this is when the lender is going to ask for all these crazy things and you know what I mean? They're going to make yeah. it really super difficult because they're trying to push this mortgage through for you, but you're just like creeping up on not being approved. You know, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as you start growing your portfolio more, it starts to get more complicated. They start asking for more stuff. Um, and I, I promise you it's, well, on, on behalf of Gabby, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm just remembering, like I, it's almost like I, um, there's like a little bit of trauma there lingering, but mm -hmm. like, I forgot that like you need to submit like the rental lease agreements for all of your properties mm -hmm. and just like everything. They want to know utility usage and like, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's not it's not small. Just when you think like you got a good organized system and all your stuff's filed away, it's like, oh god, this is all out of date now, and they want the most recents. And you got to uh, like, oh my god, what's my CRA password? And like, I got to pull oh, my yeah, T ones yeah. and like like getting your password and your username for CRA. If you only they do it once it a year, you. they mail it to you. It just takes forever. And it's like, we need this information by Thursday. And it's like, oh, well, CRA is mailing it to us because the carrier pigeons uh, can't make it through the snow. Or I, like, it's just, it's just so, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And that's why I say, like, I've never had a real estate transaction ever go smoothly. For anyone that says that, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's all of my real estate transactions were smooth. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> like, it's, it's every, Every single transaction, every property has always had something go wrong, whether it be the, the seller, the buyer, or like the mortgage lender, or, you know, 
you're waiting for the mail to come in for your CRA password so that you can pull your last year's T1s on time. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Anyways, go buy some good properties. Go, yeah, go, yeah, good <laughs> luck. Um, <laughs> um, has anyone bought any rental properties lately? I don't know. I'm curious in the comments. Has anyone bought any rental properties lately? Yeah, what kind of things are they asking for these days? Kyle just bought a duplex. Okay. Did you whoop, need whoop. to do you need to provide anything interesting? <laughs> Great conversation starter, Gab. <laughs> I'm legitimately curious though, because like things are getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And yeah. like what are they asking for now? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like we're we're using credit unions now. Like mm -hmm. when we buy properties. Um, because we're self employed and it's just it's it's a huge pain in the butt to, to go like the the conventional lender route. And we're capped out anyways on that. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good segue, actually. Um, do you want to read Kyle's uh, comment before? Yeah, he says, nothing too crazy. I'm self-employed, so a lot of documentation. Didn't have to give blood or anything. Haha. <laughs> 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 That's good. Happy to hear that. Um, that, is a good, that is a good segue because uh, uh, Jagger asked a question last week. Um, he said, how do you go about setting up the corporate side of your business and when do you switch over from your personal? And um, as I mentioned, you know, we're not buying properties under our personal name anymore. And I'm glad it went really good for Kyle. Kyle's got an established business, you know, he's been doing for many years, so it might be a little bit easier, um, you know, with all the T1s and consistent income, but, and that's the issue, right? They want to see consistent income and not just sporadic income, right? Now, when do you switch over to uh, the corporate side? It depends. <laughs> it, it, and, you know, if I was to give you the short answer, um, I would say talk to your lawyer and talk to, sorry, talk to three people, your lawyer, your mortgage broker, and your accountant. Now, I would say one of the first reasons you might consider going and buying properties on your corporate would be your mortgage broker because your mortgage broker is going to tell you that, Hey, like you're not going to be able to qualify for this next one unless you 35% down or you, um, we, I can get you a mortgage. It's going to be, you know, an interest rate of 7% and, uh, you're going to need to put 25% down and the amortization is going to be 25 years. You know, we're going to look at the B lenders right now. And, uh, and, and that might still work for you, right? But when you kind of cap out on the mortgages on your personal side, that's normally when people go to the corporate. And I would say for most people, in my opinion, that's when you should. There's no real added benefits to buying properties under your corporation. Um, it's actually kind of worse. Um, I'm going to name all the reasons. Uh, I'm going to list off all the reasons why you didn't. <laughs> um, and then you can make the decision whether uh, the problem that you face, um, if buying it in a corporation will outweigh all of those, those negative things. So number one, uh, why you shouldn't buy in a corporation uh, is taxes are higher. I say your tax filings are higher. Mm -hmm. 
tax filings, your account, what your accountant's going to charge you is significantly higher because there's a lot more involved than just, you know, um, your personal income tax. So I don't, I can't remember the numbers. I'd say maybe three or four times higher. Would that be fair to say? Oh, you could, like, if you don't have complicated personal tax returns, like, I think you could get them filed for, like, 50 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. And corporate is, like, over a grand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so significantly yeah. more. Yeah. Um, even us with complicated uh, income tax returns on our personal side, um, yeah, it's it's two, three times as much. There's just a lot more things that need to be considered and filed. So yeah, our person has a few hundred at least. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I never looked at the bill. Um, Kyle says here, my accountants recommended a holding company for my current in the process of setting that up. Now he says in so for his current situation, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions that uh, it's going to protect you from the, like the liability. Mm -hmm. Um of like, oh, if my tenant slips on the step, they can sue me. Or if the mailman comes, uh, the Amazon driver comes and delivers a package and there's no railing there, you know, I could be sued. Yeah, no. I mean, I've had discussions with lawyers about this and it's like, that they that's what they give me. They're like, mm. you know, so it's not like a guarantee. And um, is it worth paying higher uh, tax filings, yeah. Uh, your interest rates are going to be significantly higher as well mm -hmm. than on the personal side. Um, so if you're going to get, let's talk about like residential mortgages, commercial residential mortgages. So you can get you can get commercial uh, commercial financing for residential properties. It is possible. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, it's that's that's how we do it, and um, in a lot of cases. You need like really good cash flowing properties in order to make it work. So it depends. However, it is possible um, with some lenders. And, uh, but you're going to be paying higher interest rates and the terms aren't going to be as good as the personal side. So, and you're still doing personal guarantees anyways. So even yeah. you know, though you're buying them to the corporation, you're not like legally sheltered from you know, bankruptcy or foreclosure, you know, for them going after you, you actually have to sign uh, personal guarantees. So you have to guarantee the finance or the mortgage mm -hmm. so that if you do shit the bed and, and you really miss it, they're coming after you, um, they're coming after you personally and your personal assets. So like it does, like it needs to make sense. Right. Uh, another thing is, um, shoot, there was one more. Oh, the rental income tax bracket in a corporation is the highest tax bracket known to Canadians. <laughs> I can't remember what it is exactly. Uh, Isn't it like 50% or something? Yeah. I, I wonder. I don't know actual, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm getting it. Hang on just a second here. What is it currently? Hmm. Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, Carlos says in the in the comments, passive income forty nine percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I I keep seeing different numbers here, and I I just wasn't sure if they updated it in the last year or two. Yeah, forty nine percent. It's the highest 
It's um, wild. Tax rate. <laughs> so if you're thinking, that's why like, I, I, I wanted to have this conversation because if you're like, oh yeah, it's going to protect me legally and, you know, and the bank won't be able to come after me if the property fails. Um, and yeah, it's worth it for the little extra, you know, tax that I pay on it in the corporation. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, you get destroyed. You get destroyed. Um, so your bottom line is being affected greatly by the fact that, you know, you're paying a higher um, tax rate and as well, uh, higher filings, tax filings and higher interest rate and uh, in a lot of cases, lower amortization, which means less cash flow. So it's not really all that appealing. Yeah. However, if you're in a situation where like you can't get any more mortgages and you're too scared to go talk to your joint venture prospects, but you have a little bit of money, then yeah, I mean, buying in a corporation is better than not buying at all, right? Yeah. Makes sense. Um, but that's that's for like the rental property side. Um, what about other rental businesses like, you know, rent to own or wholesaling or flipping? Let's just let's just, just keep rent to rent owned is falls into the same as the rentals because it's rental income. But what about wholesaling and flipping? Mm-hmm. Is it better to do it on your personal side, your personal income, or is it better to do it in a corporation? Gabby, thoughts? Uh, corp. Corporation. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's a different it's a- type of income and I don't want to, uh, it's, I, I can talk about it generally, but like it's not top of mind every day. So I'm not going to know the, the, the accurate terms um, of like business income and passive income and all that stuff. But um, I can give you general, general terms. Because it, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a tax specialist. I'm not an accountant. So I don't deal with these things on a day-to-day basis. And I, we have a really great accountant. That does it for us. Exactly. <laughs> so your business tax, you know, for, for like your active income type stuff, like flipping and and uh, and wholesaling, you're going to pay 10% interest on your business in, in your corporation. Okay. Because that's, it's not rental income. And that's the big difference between rental income, like passive income. You said interest, but you mean tax. Tax. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. Thank I just you. wanted to clarify that sorry in case that. anybody's you're gonna like, You're going to pay 10% what? tax. Yeah. Um. In your in your corporation, because it's 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 more active income than it is than it is passive income. So, the the best example that I like to give for the difference between that. So, how do I know if I'm going to pay forty nine percent, or how do I know if I'm going to pay ten percent in my corp? Um, here's the best example that was explained to me many years ago, and it's it's I think it, it's it's perfect. Um, what you need to ask yourself is: Are you in the business of buying and selling apple trees? Or are you in the business of buying apple trees and selling apples? Right. And that's going to, that's how you, that's how you figure it out. So if your business is to buy apple trees and sell them for profit, then it's, then it's an active, like you're going to be like, you're in that 10% range for taxes. If your business is to buy apple trees and to sell the apples, like a rental property, then you're going to be in the 49%. Okay. So that's the best way to explain it. And, and, and I say that because people are going to be like, well, what happens if my, my idea is to buy an apple tree and keep it for a little while. But in the meantime, I want to rent it out because I need to cover expenses of financing that apple tree, but then I sell it in a year. Is it still buying and selling of 
apple trees or you know can i split it up can i can i change the designation along the way talk to your accountant right um francis tried to call in here so just uh, keep an eye on the comments see if she's just her finger slipped or if she has a um but this is definitely why you need to talk to your accountant to figure out um that and give them your situation and they'll be honest with you about whether what you're saying is is accurate or whether it's you know whether you're trying to bend the rules mm-hmm. yeah um but for wholesaling and for and for fix and flipping i think it's best to have it through the corp because here's why if you have a job where you are making $100,000 a year. Right? So that's that's a that's a fairly good yes. salary these days. Yeah. You know, that's that's on the high end of salaries these days for someone who's got an education or, you know, they've got their 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 fourth year or their red seal, you know, journeyman ticket for whatever trade they're in, right? That's that's pretty average for for on the high end of salaries these days. If you got $100,000 in in salary and you're also wholesaling on the side and you're doing really good you know you're 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 matt legere and you're just like locking up properties left right and center and you're wholesaling them and you're making four times as much in wholesaling than you are in your in your personal income i don't know how much matt's making he's making a lot (laughs) he's doing really well um with this wholesaling thing uh do you really want so when you make that income those wholesale fees do you want them added onto your personal income tax line? Now, what tax bracket are you in when you're making a hundred thousand dollar salary? Thirty, 30 something. Thirty something. I, I can't keep up on it, and I don't. I don't care to. You know, maybe you're in like a thirty five percent. But what happens when you add all of those wholesale fees onto your personal income tax return? You got to pay taxes on that, and you're in a higher tax bracket because of all the income that you made and you're going to be paying all those taxes this year in that high tax bracket the other thing wayne is that that income can push you into a different tax bracket yes so, so if you... you're at 35 making a hundred thousand dollars a year at your job and then you bring in another hundred thousand in in wholesaling fees or in flip uh profits now you're now you're you've entered a different tax highest bracket. tax bracket yeah, which I, I have no clue what it is personally, yeah. but um, so now just... you're paying that much taxes on all of your income. And this is kind of like a tax planning, I don't want to say sheltering, but tax planning strategy um, type conversation. And this is why it's important to talk to your accountant because you need to go up to them and be like, hey, I'm making $100,000 a year. This is my tax bracket right now. This is how much, this is how much tax on my income. So let's say you're at 35%. I'm, I'm speaking generally. Okay. You're at 35% for that 100K. But now you you make that extra uh, $100,000 in wholesale fees and you're up to $200,000, but that pushes you into a 45% tax bracket. Now, if that's the case, you're not just paying $45,000 on the 100K in wholesale fees. Sorry, you're not just paying 45% on the, the extra 100K that you made in wholesale fees, you're paying 45% on the whole amount on your salary as well. Mm-hmm. So you're paying essentially an extra 10% in taxes 
because you put all of that extra income on your personal side. And the way that you get taxed is based off of how much money you make, right? Let's drop it down to $60,000. If you were at $60,000 a year, that's your salary. And you were paying like a 30 and a 30% tax bracket or 25, something like that. But then you added your $100,000 with a wholesale fees on top of that. It's going to skyrocket your whole tax rate up to like 40 something which means you're going to pay more taxes on the original 60 and the same amount of taxes on um, tax rate on the additional 100,000 you added on there. So strategically, do you have those tax rates? Is that what you're working on over there? Uh, yeah, but I just landed on some weird websites. <laughs> okay. Russianwives.com? <laughs> no. Um, it, it looks like around the $100,000 mark is about 33%. Um, and then once you're over like, yeah, I need to go back to that last page. I was at because it made more sense. Um, what what range are you looking at? Hmm? Uh, let's say, uh, I think it's like 140,000 is when it changes, doesn't it? Uh, changes over 150. 150 to 165 is 45%. 45%. Yeah. So there you go. So what's the $60,000 range-ish? Uh, $60,000 range is 29. Okay. So there you go. So you are making $60,000 salary, which is about, you know, 27 to $30 an hour, you know, 40 hours a week. Is that fair to say? Yeah. A little low, maybe around that $30 range an hour, which is good. Just good. I mean, probably middle management at, at some company, right? Mm-hmm. You're paying your bills, it's paying your rent or it's paying your mortgage. And, you know, your tax rate is, like you said, 29%. But then, like, you're like, oh, I want to take control of my life and I want to start making some more money and pay for vacations. Start buying, I'm going to take these wholesale fees and I'm going to buy rental properties. And then you claim all of that rental or that wholesale um, business income on your personal side. It takes your tax rate from 29% all the way up to 46%. So, what's that difference? 46 take away 29. I shouldn't ask you. <laughs> 17 17 yeah, extra 17 percent so, yeah. so you're going to pay an extra like on on your sixty thousand dollars there just on the sixty thousand dollar salary now you're paying an extra ten thousand two hundred dollars in taxes thanks not to mention the other hundred and then you're going to pay on your hundred thousand dollars you're going to pay forty six thousand dollars in tax yeah right which uh, uh, just remember, guys, tax is inevitable, okay? Uh, until we all start, you know, grabbing our pitchforks and torches and, and we start storming the you know parliament and, and we start saying, no, more taxes and we don't care about our potholes and that, whatever. <laughs> until then, we're going to have to pay taxes. It's on, on everything, <laughs> okay? Um, so just get used to it. But what you can do without storming parliament or loading up all the trucks again, what you can do is you can be strategic within the rules. And there's rules, there's, there's, there's tax laws that we can, you know, they, they put things in place to, to us to legally make sure that we pay the least amount of tax, right? So what you can do instead, and what I'd recommend is strategic with the way that you pay your taxes and claim your wholesale fees under your corporation. Okay. Now, remember, 
your corporate tax filings are going to be significantly more. So you're going to pay a little more on that end, but it's going to be like a thousand bucks more, right? Depending on how many receipts you have and how complicated it is, will determine how big your your tax filing um, fee is from your accountant. But if you put that $100,000 in your corporation, you're going to pay a 10% business tax, which means you're going to you're not going to pay 47%. You're going to pay 10% for now. And it's going to keep your other personal income, your $60,000 salary, way down at 29%. So you're going to save $10,000 there, okay? Which is pretty much a wash, isn't it? You save $10,000 on your $60,000 taxes mm-hmm. and you pay $10,000 on the other side. It's a wash, right? Well, different amounts, but yeah. It's the same. Okay. Because you're going to pay 10% business tax on your on your corporation for the $100,000. Mm-hmm. So you use $10,000 there. And the extra 17% you would have paid. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. It's yeah. $10,200. It's a wash. Yeah. Okay. So now you didn't pay, if you think about it that way, whatever, whatever, whatever way you want to look at it. Then what you do is you keep that $100,000 in your corporation. If you want to buy rental properties, buy them in your corporation because the money's already in there. As long as you don't pull that money out of your corporation and pay yourself, whether it be a salary or, or dividend or whatever, as long as you don't pull the money out of that corporation on the bookkeeping side, you can buy rental properties within the corp. Right? Guess you're going to pay higher interest rates and all that other stuff and all that stuff I was saying before, but you're also going to save a ton. And, and and that's why it's a good conversation for you and your accountant and your mortgage broker. Like, how do I strategically pay the, pay the least amount of taxes? Now, you are going to eventually, eventually have to pay taxes on that money when you pull it out of the corp and pay yourself personally. But you can think more strategically in the long term. Maybe you're planning on leaving your job in 10 years. And every year you're going to pay, you're going to make $100,000 in wholesale fees uh, for the next 10 years. So in the next 10 years, you accumulate a million dollars worth of capital that's sitting in your corporation. Well, then strategically at year 11, you can pay yourself $60,000 out of your corporation and making sure that the money that you pull out of your corporation to personal is at 29% as opposed to being at 47%. See, that kind of makes sense. You're saving some money in the long run and you're being strategic, right? And if in the few years you're going to be capped out on mortgages anyways, here's another example. And maybe in a few years you're going to be capped out on mortgages anyways. So you're not going to buy your properties, your rental properties in your personal name anymore anyway in a few years. So why not have that money stay in the corporation, not pay tax on it right now, or just pay the 10% low tax, business tax, and then buy the properties in the corp because you're going to do it anyways, right? Yeah. You're just paying less taxes. So there are ways to, to, to be strategic about it. I gave you very, very general examples, but each and every one of us have has our own unique scenario and story and you need to have a conversation with professionals to make sure that you are, you know, approaching it the best way to make sure you pay the least amount of taxes and you get the most amount of mortgages. So it's important to have a really strong power team of professionals who can give you the best possible advice. Do not ask Cindy at H&R Block to give you this kind of <laughs> advice. What I love... Do not ask, don't call the number on the highway where it says... 
Mary does mortgages and expect to get this level of, I mean, they, they, she knows Mary does know how to do mortgages and she probably does lots of mortgages, but does Mary know how to set you up to pay, you know, to get the most mortgages and for investment properties and to work with your other professionals on your power team to make sure that you pay the least amount of taxes and you're set up legally. You know what I mean? Like you need an investor focused mortgage broker. Yeah. I was you need say, Enid, the investor because mortgage broker. Go ahead, Gabby. <laughs> I don't remember. Just oh, kidding. Did I mess it up? No, what I was going to say is that um, what I love about our accountant and, you know, like why we always stress about, you know, having those right people on your power team is that like um, he asks us the questions that sometimes like we might not even be thinking about. Like when, you know, we, when he calls us every year around tax time and is like, okay, so how much are we paying you? And because this, this, and this, like, are you guys planning on applying for anything like this? These, you know, do you need to get um, mortgage financing? Do you need this? Do you need that? Do you need to be able to uh, get approved for this type of loan at all? Like he's thinking about the things that maybe you haven't even considered and asking us those questions. And he's like, okay, well then we'll put you in this tax bracket or we'll do this. Or, you know, like he's doing that planning for us, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is just absolutely amazing. So, um, and then the other thing I wanted to say is like way earlier on, Wayne said like, it depends and that you should go talk to these three people is that when you go talk to those three people, don't just say like, hi, my name is Bill and I want to buy some rental properties. Do you think I should do it in a, uh, on my personal or do you think I should, you know, start a corporation? They're, they're going to be like, uh, I don't know. Like you need to go with them and tell them what your plan is. Yeah. I want to own many rental properties or I want to, uh, you know, like I want, I'm going to do the burst strategy and be able to do this, this, and this, or, you know, like over the next 10 years, I want to buy three rental properties and start a fix and flip business to do this, 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 and this, mm -hmm. like you need to tell them what your plan is. You can't just walk in and be like, so what should I do guys? Like yeah. they need to know what you're up to or else they won't be able to set you up for success. And sure. You can start doing things a certain way and then your plan might change and that's fine. You can adapt. But if they don't know where you're headed, they're not going to be able to give you the best advice. Yeah. That's a great way to end the show today. Um, if you guys got any more questions about this stuff um, on the mortgage side, um, you know, make sure you're coming out to the event in Edmonton this Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, what day is that? March 11th. Um, you can get your tickets there on Eventbrite. Um, and then from an accountant perspective, you know, just start interviewing your accountants. And yeah. uh, in my opinion, for the accountants and the mortgage brokers, go buy referrals, referrals from other real estate investors who have experience. Don't just ask people if they're investor focused or if they can help you. Um, you want to make sure that you got the best. Yeah. Um, so make sure you get the most and you pay the least. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Wow. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Have guys. a fantastic Monday, you guys. We'll see, see you tomorrow. tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 